So those were the three things that I really, really, really wanted. And I was struggling. I was struggling. Until one day I got fired. (laughs) That was Stephanie Allen, our guest on episode 12 of the Great Amherst Podcast. Stay informed, get involved. Welcome to the Great Amherst Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cameron. Today's guest is Stephanie Allen. Stephanie has a variety of different expertise, massage therapy, acupuncture, yoga, and consulting, which ultimately helps her clients and people she works with break through barriers to live healthier lives and build stronger connections, I think both internally and externally. So I had actually set up this interview with Stephanie before everything happened last weekend in uh, Portapique. I had other topics in mind for that interview and was planning to air it in a couple weeks. Then Stephanie and I started our interview and I decided I needed to move it up in our schedule. You know, uh, what we talked about was just timely for so many people and because of how so many people are feeling right now. So Stephanie and I talked a lot about how to sit and be with your feelings after everything that happened last weekend why feeling those feelings is important right now. And then Stephanie provided some questions to ask yourself as you move forward. Stephanie also leads me and us through a simple breathing exercise during the episode. I hope you participate yourself. And she also tells us about her day from hell and the journey it led her on. So I hope some of Stephanie's suggestions provide you guidance and relief during this time. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts so that you don't miss any more episodes like this. And today's episode is brought to you by Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio. Their shop is closed right now, but you can still order online at hookingrugs.com. You can order all your rug hooking supplies to complete your projects. And this is the perfect time to order a beginning rug hooking kit for someone you know and care about. You can place all your orders online at hookingrugs.com and by Simply for Life Amherst. They are still open and they have moved to virtual consultations with new and existing clients. So yes, you still can enroll as a new client now. The market is available for curbside pickups and delivery and you can find more information on available products at facebook.com slash simplyforlifeamherst or by phone at 660-8446. Now here's Stephanie Allen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode of the Great Amherst Podcast. I'm Andrew Cameron, and today's guest with us is Stephanie J. Allen. Uh, Stephanie has been a therapist, instructor, published author, and award-winning speaker for over two and a half decades. So, Stephanie, thank you for coming on. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I, I wanted you to come on because this is a, a stressful, stressful time for everybody. And I know you work with, uh, at Gateway Health and Wellness in Amherst, you work with people who are feeling stress in, a, in, in, in your other work. Um, you also work and help people deal with stress and deal with what's going on. So I wanted you to come on and help talk with us about that. Yeah, pain and uh, stress can be very much a, a stimulus to wake us up. You know, we, we have an incredible life here in uh, where we live. Sometimes we don't always remember that. And when there's been difficulties or challenges, whether that's, you know, physical pain, whether that's mental, emotional pain, it, it irritates us so much. Um, and, and over long periods of time, it irritates us so much that we then start to go, okay, I need to deal with this. 
And I, I truly believe that that's uh, kind of what's been happening these days. It's kind of a, a real time to reset and go, okay, permission, permission to rest, to slow down and to listen from within. And who knows how to listen? Like, really? Yeah, <laughs> we, exactly. We have hard enough time with our relationships listening to each other. How do we listen to ourselves, our deep self? So that's what I really help people. That that deep self and that voice can be a, a voice that, you know, you you lose touch with or you forget how to listen to or you forget forget what how to hear what it's saying to you hear how to what it's saying to but also even there's lots of voices in there how do you know which is the right voice to listen to right there's some voices that are saying hey you're not good enough there's not enough time there's not enough money there's what are you going to do and and completely scares the living bejeebies out of you yeah you're not going to stick with the gym don't try and then there's another voice that says Oh, have that piece of cake. It's okay. You've worked so hard. Oh, you're so tired. You'll go for a walk tomorrow. So it's really slick. Both of those voices, I would say that would be more of our um, undeveloped compensatory stuff that really doesn't like to be uncomfortable. And it disguises us from two different perspectives. But so what is the deep self voice? What is that? How do I know it? And often I'll tell people, I said, it's usually one word and it's usually very loving and if you imagine yourself like having a child whether you are a parent or not but imagine you know a really a beautiful child that you love so much and they're going to run across the street and get you know injured you're going to reach out you're going to grab them you say stop it's okay like no stay it might feel jarring at first but it's out of love out of safety and out of care so it it's very, very quiet and it's very direct, but often very, very loving. Yeah, I think I have a, our daughter's five and a half. So it doesn't, doesn't take me long to think of that little girl that you run out into the street that you grab quickly and, and bring him back to safety. And, and I think as well, like talking about that inner voice, uh, I think it, that, that inner voice makes itself heard eventually and somehow, you know, and it can be, it could be pain. Like it could be, oh, your back's still hurting. Maybe that's something else. You know, it, it comes uh, back. It lets so us know. It's like the wake up call. And I, I, and it, you know, so often again, in our culture, we're like, oh, my back hurts. What did I do wrong? That's where we tend to default. I must've done something wrong. Did I live something? Did I, you know, or that could be the first level of the physical level or emotionally we might say, oh, God, I'm being beat up, you know, I'm getting old, I'm getting, it's, you know, this is what happens when we get old and we get tired. And it's like, we have all of these beliefs or these stories, I say, and it's like, our body is like a book, an open book and our skin, our muscles, our breath, all of the sensory awareness inside us are just the stories. And if we tell a story and just, again, using that metaphor of talking to, um, your, your, your loving daughter, right? You're reading her a bedtime story. You're going to tell her a story that's going to help soothe her. And, and, and you can feel the, how our body responds to that. Maybe we'll do a little experience with that after, but for sure, it's like we have a sensory awareness from that as well as if we're hearing a nightmare or, you know, or woken up in the middle of the night, we've got a, a terrifying story that's being, that's being um, laid down in our body. So it's really, what is the deep self telling us? And instead of making it right or wrong or good or bad, it's like what we have to look at 
the belief behind it that there is something in our soul is trying to wake us up to because it loves us, not because it's trying to punish us, not be try- because it's trying to torment us or because we're bad people. It's none of that. It's because we're so loved that we want to be remembered and connected with and guided and how to learn that. And that's essentially my story of even how I found this, this yeah. work way. So, yeah, I'd like to come back to that. Cause I think I've talked to a couple other parents uh, and they found this time where everything's kind of slowed down. They've gone, ah, I kind of like this. And and so I'd like to kind of come back to that, but I'd like to sort of go back to the beginning, sort of your, your journey. I found on one of your bios online, you know, you said you'd gotten a job as an employee after you graduated, but that didn't fit you. And you left, you left Nova Scotia. So can you tell us about that point? What, what was it as an employee and where'd you go? What happened? What was, what was the path from there? I realized I wasn't a very good employee. Um, yeah, me neither. Not, yeah. And, and again, we don't want to make those things wrong. It's like, instead of saying, okay, I'm not a very good employee. It's like, well, maybe you're not a very good employee because you're, you're actually meant to be something different or something. Maybe this isn't the right place. And yeah, I was working in a job, which in the outer world, and when I say the outer and the inner world, I'll probably refer to that a lot. In the outer world, we are conditioned and programmed like, this is your life, you know, check the boxes. You know, when you turn this age, you're meant to be married. When you turn that age, you're meant to have a house. When you turn this age, you're meant to have children. And we have to check the boxes, right? And this is the outer world of what gets projected onto us about whether or not you're going to be successful or not, or, or attractive or not, or healthy or not. It's all based on somebody else's version. And that is often what we're taught in school. So I had all these ideals as a little girl of saying, geez, you know, I don't want to be a teacher. And I took phys ed. So my background's in, as a phys ed teacher. And after the first year of university, we went out and started to practice teaching. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's children that don't want to actually be ex- like exercise. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I, I want to work with people who are motivated, right? And I love this. And, and I realized that I was being pushed into a box that I didn't fit. And at that time, there was basically when you took phys ed, you had a choice. You either went on and became a physiotherapist to take more training, or you taught school, or you opened up a gym. Well, all three of those things didn't really appeal to me. I mean, the physio probably a little bit more, but even even in that kind of mentality or, or that way, that really also didn't fit me so much. I'm a little bit more out of the box that way. So I was lost. I was like, well, what do I do? So I get this job, which is a really great job. It's actually um, a job that totally fits in the way of, of my phys ed degree. And I'm working and I'm realizing there's three things that I want that I'm not getting. And one is I don't feel valued and respected in um, what I'm doing and I, I'm, for my gifts and my strengths. I'm not making a whole lot of money. And so I'm barely able to pay my rent and my bills. And I'm like, this is not what I want. Like, no, I have a university degree. I want to be suffering all my life with finances. And I really didn't feel like I was making a difference. So those were the three things that I really, really, really wanted. And I was struggling. I was struggling. Until one day I got fired. (laughs) 
And, you know, bad things can happen. And at the moment we go, this is a horrible thing that just happened. Oh my God, the worst thing in my life. What am I? And I'm so hard done by and why me? And I always say, those are questions from our, our little whiner self, right? It, it, the self-pity, the itty bitty shitty committee. Can we say that on mm-hmm. there? <laughs> sure. We can go with it. Yeah. Yeah. The itty bitty committee. <laughs> yeah. Um, that isn't really empowering. Instead of saying, okay, and this is what happened. I ended up going out West and sitting on a train and just reflecting. I was forced to actually sit and reflect because while I was on this train heading out West, I realized um, I had put a lot of time and energy into everybody else's life and version of success. And I never made any space to really reflect who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? What do I value? What are my gifts? What are my strengths? So um, sitting on that train. And I think we, ha- we have to acknowledge that if you're sitting on a train going out West, you had a lot of time to sit and I reflect. Had a lot of time looking out the window. And I'm telling you, this is a really big country. <laughs> a lot of wheat fields that I thought, my gosh, I haven't seen a person for day. It was three days going through like from Northern Ontario and Northern the prairies. Ontario yeah. all the way to Edmonton. Right. And you're like, I don't think anyone lives here. Like this is <laughs> So just being with myself and it was, it was like an internal retreat and what had got me on this train and why not only getting fired from the job, I said, I I had a day from hell in some ways I got fired and caught my boyfriend at the time cheating on me and I had a car accident all on the same day. Ah, So good description of that day, you know, it's just like whack. Okay, stop. And so when I was reflecting, um, it was such a gift. It was like a little, retreat for me. And I realized when I had those three questions, and I I believe that we all have a question in our hearts that we have come to answer in our life. And we might not even know that question. And you think of it like an acorn, an acorn has a blueprint that it's actually meant to become a mighty oak. As an acorn, it doesn't know that, but there's a deep self that knows. There's there's an actual blueprint, a, a DNA coding that says, this is your destiny. Now, that is true for us too. We have to choose that destiny. So it, it, we need to go inside and actually uncover what is that blueprint? What is that? And so when I was sitting on the train and I, and I said, these are my three questions, you know, I want I want a job or a lifestyle that honors my gifts and my strengths and, and that I get paid well for it. And, and also that my life means something. So at the end of my life, I, it means something. But ultimately, I also wanted a really good relationship. And I was thinking in the outer world, I wanted a really good relationship, which I do. But in order to have a really good relationship in the outer world, you got to have one in the inner world with yourself. That was never taught to me. It's like, you know, oh, if you stop, slow down, take care of yourself, you're being selfish and you're being lazy and you're procrastinating. Don't be such a narcissist. So do you think that message is changing? <laughs> I think it's, it's actually, I, I think it's actually what's necessary. I believe that what's happening right now on the planet is that we are not only being forced, we're actually given permission. There's so much support out there for us to take care of ourselves that this is the answer to our collective and individual problems. When I, when I see um, and hear about the virus, you know, in energy medicine, which is what I involved a lot in, in energy medicine, a virus is already in you. In energy medicine, like we have the, the coding for inside of ourselves. We already have cells that are cancerous, that 
have diabetes that have heart disease. These are all because we are our ancestors, are we not? We are the sum total of all our ancestors. So every ancestor that's come before us has had some sort of disease. It's in us, people. It's already in us. So what turns it on? What makes that cell a set like what a cancer cell turn into that cancer to make it active? It isn't something that you do wrong. And it, it, sometimes it's, it's actually something that you do right. In some of the mystical or spiritual traditions, they would believe that we have in us the very antidote for the collective problem. And so those who have the most love, those who have the most capacity, those who have the most brilliance or light will actually turn on these markers, so to speak, because in their digestion of them, in their ability to go in and love and work with themselves, they not only heal it in themselves, they then heal it for the generations and all those that are around. So you become this alchemical um, antidote to the problem. So it, it, we've heard something, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And I've heard the answer from some of my teachers saying it's because their hearts and their souls are big enough to take it on to do it for more than just themselves, that their life means something and that going through that, heart, which by the way, suffering means to go through something, you know, it means to, and surrender is also, you know, just allowing something to trust the great unknown to actually go move through you. So I think with that, that's an interesting, because we're recording uh, today. It's when, yeah, Wednesday, April, April 22nd. And, uh, I think, I think your question, why do bad things happen to good people, uh, is probably one that a lot of people around here have asked over the last few days. You know, we had, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's unfathomable. It's, um, you know, when something happens to someone you love, you know, we want it, we want to make it, we want to make it go away. We want to fix it. Let's say again, bringing back to your daughter, Andrea, that's like, she was hurting. She skins her knee, something little. It's like, Oh, how can I make it feel? Let me get a bandaid. Let me put it on it. Let me kiss it better. Let me. Exactly. Which is lovely. But the thing is, if we don't learn ourselves, how to pick ourselves up and how to self soothe and work with ourselves, then we never learn the confidence or we never grow from something. And so there's two doorways. I say, you know, that's why we, I call my company gateway because it's a doorway and there's two doorways to really wake up and to remember. Cause I truly believe that we are eternal, that we, we borrow this body for a short time to kind of drive around in and we have experiences in, but it's not who we are. We are so much more than that. We are so much more magnificent than that. And so the two doorways to help us remember that is one is pain, great pain. And one is great, great, great joy, great pleasure. And both of those will, will stimulate people into action, into yeah. right action. Yeah. I think I saw there was, um, Sherry Fitch had written a poem that I was, I think I've seen shared around on Facebook over the last couple of days. And like the beginning line or one of the big lines is, um, because we love, we cry, which I think to me feels like encapsulates your message about pain and joy that that sort of leads are two big experiences for everybody. And, you know, after the, um, 
after the events last weekend, I think it's it's a lot more pain for everybody right now. It's a lot more real, isn't it? Yeah. When it's when it's in our home, I mean, we can see things that happen on the news or from you know somewhere else in the world, and you're like, oh, that's not here. That would never happen here. And and it's it's it may be the memory that we are so connected to everyone on this planet, and and you know, I, I, the words are hard because there is still so much emotion and I really want to value what all of us are going through, the anger, the sadness, the fear, the, the locked it, the shaking, the, all of those parts, these are, don't, don't, don't push them away. Don't suppress them because this is what happens. And it's like when we squash anything down inside of our bodies, it's got to push out in another way. And that push out in another way can either come as a breakdown of one's own physical chemical body, or it retaliates, it reacts, which is what we're seeing, right? So how do you get out of that cycle, right? Of self-destruction or destruction of other? How do you get out of that? Is that it's like, we've got, again, we've got to love more. It's a call to love more, love ourselves more, love each other more, Love even, so we know when there's real healing, when we can make peace, not understanding, but to make peace with what we're uncertain with or what, what is unknown. That is the, I think that is the hardest journey. But the only way, the emotion is energy in motion. It's like the part of us that just wants to, we have three, three mechanisms of dealing with pain and uncertainty. And what we do is we either fight it, right? Retaliate, flash out. We run away, so we mm-hmm. run away. We isolate, mm-hmm. which is interesting. This is the because that's what we're doing. That's what yeah. we're doing right now. We're isolating, or you freeze. You go, I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. I'm just like deer stuck in a headlight. Those, all those three, are not so helpful because they will not allow us to respond. So how do you get out of that fight or flight? Is that you have to feel it? You feel it to really go in and and not try to judge it, not try to fix it or change it, but just tend to it, to allow yourself. And the only way you can feel it is to with somebody who can hold love for you. It's like there's a saying that when we are alone and we feel these things, they get distorted because we'll make up stories about it. But if we're with somebody, and this doesn't necessarily have to be, although it's a great thing to have a counselor or a therapist, someone who's been through that, but in many traditions, you know, a community will get together and they'll, they'll create a circle around someone and just let them cry or just let them be angry and hold a safe space and hold in your own personal heart that that person that's going through what they're going through is going to come out the other end. There's a saying, it's like, if you're going through hell, keep going because you're going to go right straight through it. Like keep going through it in your own self, like holding that space that they've got within them to come out of it, believe in them. I tend to resort, not resort or resolve to, okay, let's, let's fix what's happening and fix what's going on and move on to the next thing and keep, keep moving forward. Yeah. Head down. Keep going. Just keep going. Oh, you got a problem. Let me fix it. You know, Mm -hmm. oh, you skinned your knee. Let me get you a bandaid, kiss it better, get back out and play. Yeah. Because we're told that if you don't do anything, then you don't care. Hmm. Right. Or we have make up all these stories about it. And I guess I'm, I'm suggesting perhaps a different perspective. 
it's, and, and I'll relate um, just to some of my clients that have gone through some pretty horrific things as well. It's like the question, it's our questions. If you even think of that word, a question leads us on a quest. So there are empowering questions, meaning, you know, for what purpose did I need to go through this? Or there's disempowering questions. So why is this happening to me? Now, why did this happen to that? A what, that kind of question is not, it's unanswerable. But if you ask a question from, I guess it's from almost like where you're seated within your heart. If you're seated in a place, from a place of love, then you're going to say, okay, I was born in this time for a reason. I may not know what that is. I may not have a clue. But I have a deep belief and centeredness that there's a reason I'm here. So for what purpose did I need to go through this or did I need to be closest? There is something that's meant to come from this that is only good, true, and beautiful. So please help me. And so an empowering question would be, show me all the ways you're going to help me become, be, this is the word, become a better person instead of doing. It's not about doing. It's about being. How do I become? And that requires stillness. That requires being inside, not just inside our house, inside our hearts, not outside our, our you know, our heads and up, there, yeah. but in our house. The longest journey, like I said, I'm sitting on a train going, oh, so that was my journey in the outer world, but the inner world, the longest journey, and I'm still making that journey, is coming from my head to my heart. And I think with that, we've done a really good job of putting a whole lot of obstacles between those two feet, you know, from your head to your heart. It can be you know, it, it can be TV, it can be work, it can be music or exercise or, you know, food or your phone or Facebook or Twitter, or it's, we've done a really good job of, uh, self-soothing, self-patting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, if you look at addictions, we tend to think of the obvious addictions, whether it's drugs or alcohol, food, but there's so many addictions. So many uh, gossip, complaining, being negative, um, cleaning house in the outer world. I said, what we really need to do is clean house in the inner world. We need to feed our thoughts, our emotions, our hearts, our souls, not in the outer, not with physical stuff. And I, I, you know, I lost a really good friend of mine in 9-11, September 11 in the towers. And I was living in the States at that time when that happened. And again, you know, these questions that come to me of like, okay, so what purpose, what, how can I become a better soul from this? Like, what is perhaps my heart calling for me to be? Because I'm a human being, not a human doing. What is it that I need to look within myself that, because I always take it in, I guess I always take it inward and say, okay, not to take things personally, because we don't want to like beat ourselves up because we can do that, but to say, okay, if I'm a part of this whole, and so if you th- look at the planet as a, a, an actual living being, which is interesting because today is Earth Day. That's right, yeah. We think of Mother Earth, mm-hmm. and by the way, those two letters, the M and the E for Mother Earth is me. What we do to ourselves, we do to the Earth, and what we do to the Earth, we do to ourselves. So it's, it's such a metaphor of um, Mother Earth or me. How do I take care of her? 
how do I better get, so I, I don't throw garbage out and I, out my window and I don't set fires to things that, you know, I, I, you just take care of it and you, you plant seeds and you nurture it. It's like, okay, that's in the outer world. What about my inner world? What seeds am I planting? How am I feeding with water? And, and the waters can be tears, the tears. Oh my gosh, the tears are the water, the water that literally softens the heart, that just washes away pain. It's okay to cry. My God, we cry because we, A, we love, and also we're loved. So this is the human experience. We're meant to have a human experience. So anger is the fire, right? So the, but it's also passion. So you have, it's like they're doorways. These are all doorways that how can we be creative, constructive, um, to be to be better human beings. So I was I was thinking or I was wondering with that you had the question of, you know, what is the purpose of this in this event and making me a better, not a better or improving or being a better person, becoming stronger. If somebody's not like based like if we use what happened last weekend, if somebody's not ready to look at that question yet, because that that is a tough question. It is a really is- tough question. Mm-hmm. And it create you need to have space. So you have to have space in your heart to even ask that question, to even con- I totally get it. In fact, I would imagine you have a few people being upset with me even saying that. And I'm going to tell you that that's okay. It's okay that you're upset. And, and to allow yourself to feel that, that, that upset or that anger because it is a doorway and it's going to help move and it's going to make some space. And uh, absolutely. My God, if somebody told me years ago when, when I was going, whether it was being fired having a car accident and, and you know, my boyfriend cheating on me or being at nine 11, having a t- if somebody told me, Oh, well, you know, it's okay, Stephanie, because you were born for a reason. This is going to happen. I probably would have slapped them. Yeah. I probably would have said, you know, will you uncaring? Yeah. And, and, and so it's such a great point that you're making Andrew, because in the moment, it may not be the right time to hear that question. And so to feel the emotions and to go through what you're going is really good. I, I suggest like writing stuff out, burning it and burying it, like burn it in a safe place, please. Yeah. And then bury it in the ground and give it to the mother, give it to the, you know, lie down on the ground on your belly and cry as if you were a baby on your mama's belly and just say, mom, take this. I just need help. Like do whatever you can do to really feel the emotions of that. Because I feel even in my heart how we want to hold somebody right now. We can't. We can't go over and give them a hug. Because when I think of hugs, it's not only holding them, but it's also consoling us. And I think that's the teaching. It's like we've got to hold ourselves. So, so, you know, put your arms around you and imagine that, you know, this really loving, loving presence, whether you believe in God or whether you believe in um energy i don't you know angels whatever it is you believe in believe that something loving is really holding you and just feel what you're feeling and to make that space that's almost the hardest part in this whole thing is you go it's just you know people can't get together people can't get together who who need to um just to either give somebody a hug or it's i made the comment um to somebody once it with self-isolating and with the pandemic and everything going on, it's you sometimes forget that life's still going on outside of what we're doing right now. And it just, it doesn't seem fair because it seems like it's mostly the bad stuff that's still going on. 
right? Like people are still getting sick. People are still passing away and we can't, um, you know, we can't get together to celebrate somebody's birthday or we can't get together for a promotion or there's just, those things just aren't happening right now. And it's kind of, you go, it's just, it just doesn't feel fair. And I know they'll come back. It feels lonely. It feels disconnected. It feels um, a lot of emotions, right? And, and you, f- you can feel totally helpless, completely helpless. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we need to listen to that because I think, I don't even think, I just, I, I totally know in my own heart, it's making me realize that this isn't just like the loneliness, the sadness, the helplessness, the wanting to make a difference in someone else's life. These things aren't just happening now. I believe they've always happened in our hearts. Like they've, it's been part of my life all my life. It's just now I'm actually forced to really pay attention to it. There are people lonely all the time. We're lonely. I'm lonely. There's times I'm lonely and I distract myself. I get on the phone. I turn on the TV. I go to the fridge. I, you know, I go for a run. I try to distract myself instead of saying, what if it was okay if I actually looked at this right now? And where the loneliness and the disconnection is running, not just today, but where it's been in most of my life. And that maybe this is an opportunity for me to actually change this for myself and in changing this for myself, you change it for everyone. Yeah. I'd like to, um, I'd like to explore that some more because you made the comment. We all, some people have a bit more space right now. Maybe they can reflect on these sorts of things. So I'd like to come, um, I'd like to come back to that in a second, but I'd like to just take a minute just to share. Uh, well, I said, our, as I called our sponsor for today's episode, which is, kind of connected to this and it's another side project I've taken on with the episode and I call it the, uh, the great Amherst gratitude project. Uh, and so I started this, um, came out of the conversation I had with mayor Kogan. Uh, we talked about public works employees and how they don't get the thanks and appreciation that they deserve for what they do for our community and for us. And then I thought there are a lot of other people in our community who deserve the same thanks from us and lots of things in our community we're grateful for. So uh, I started collecting or asking people to submit their stories, submit their thanks, submit their stories of gratitude, uh, and that I would gather them and compile them and share them all for an episode on the podcast. Um, the first episode uh, is ready to go. We're going to put it up, well, for Stephanie and I, it's tomorrow. So it's going to go up Thursday, April 23rd on the podcast feed. Uh, we had enough submissions and I enjoyed doing it. I'd roped Holly Casey into coming and coasting it with me. We both enjoyed doing it as much. We want to do it again. So if anybody out there has any more stories to share, just go to tgapod.com slash thanks. Uh, just share your thanks to anybody and share your gratitude. And we'll compile them up and put them into another episode and get some more positivity and try to remind people of the good things that are going on and have gone on. and will go on again. So that's the Great Amherst Gratitude Project. So, Stephanie, I kind of wanted to go back to that. You made the comment, this can be for some people a period of 
self-reflection and have that space and they may go, I don't want to go back to what I was doing before. Do you have any thoughts on ways people can explore that or think about those thoughts? Definitely. Um, I think this is such a great time to do that. You've been given a chance. So even exploring values, take the word value. Mm -hmm. Up until, up until recently, I would say most people would have just gone on in their life, not really valuing their health, not maybe valuing that they have lovely neighbors and good friends or relationships or valuing how, how incredibly wealthy. And I say that word truly, we are where we live. And uh, until something's gone, until it's taken from you. And it's uh, the old saying is hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Because we don't know what we got till it's gone. And the thing is, all things will pass through this world. Like, what is it? The only things we always know for sure is death and taxes. That's it. That's it. So what are we living in our lives? Like, how are we being with that? And to use this as the great pause to go, okay, if this is an opportunity for me to change, I really need to know what my values are. Well, how are you going to know that? What hurts? So what are you angry about? What are you afraid about? Those three, those are doorways because those are your key to unlock the door to what your value. So you say anger, fear. What was the third one? I don't. Anger, fear, sadness. Okay. Like what you, what you're remorsed about. Like, oh my God, if only, why didn't I? I should have, could have, would have. We don't tend to think of those things until something's gone. And I, in my, my own personal path, I've had that too. And I, I, we neglect, we neglect what's most important. Don't we? We take it for granted. We go, Oh, you know, my wife will be there when I go home tonight. My child will be there. No problem. I can just go to the grocery store and get something anytime I need it. Exactly. Not a big deal. Yeah. No, No big deal. There's gas in my car. Yeah. I can walk on these legs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I I got great health. I'm young. And then all of a sudden something happens and you go, geez, there's a fragility. And it's not to like try to grasp it. Because if you think about the example of of floating down a river, say you're on the Tidnish River on on the tubing, right? Back back next summer. Back next summer. Exactly. When you're floating down the tube and and all of a sudden you reach out and you grab a branch and it's a pretty good current going there. You know, the tide's going out and it's pulling you. If you try to hang on to that branch, because you love that branch, it's going to tear your arm. Like the current keeps moving and that is life. Life is always moving. Our breath, our energy, our awareness, our con it's always moving. That is life. And so to be not grasping or holding on, but to allow something and to just like to, to savor it without grasping it, to appreciate it. And that takes practice. And in order to practice, we often have to have our hearts ripped open, right? That's, I said, our hearts actually don't break. 
they really don't because it's one of the toughest muscles in your body. If you've ever been uh, in, in a med school and they're doing, or in cadaver, you know, they're going through the dead bodies and they're like picking out the heart and it's like, oh wow, what a muscle, right? There are other organs in our body that are very, very delicate, but the muscle of the heart is just, it's so hardy. So what breaks then is our ego, our pride, our story of who we think we are. It's the, the self-interest that breaks. You know, it's like the pride comes before the fall, right? It's, that's what breaks. So why does it break? Because it, oh, as it breaks, and I always imagine that the heart is put in a box. And, and as our hearts pump and breathe, and I'm not just talking literally here, but when our hearts ache and our hearts are broken open, it's because that box is no longer going to hold it. It's breaking that box so that your heart can be bigger to receive more love and also to give more love. It's what's in us, right? It's what's called evolution and growth. It's that flow of that river flowing through us. And that's what emotion is. Emotion is cleansing us out. They call it weather. Uh, the great mystic Rumi would, uh, it's one of the poems I often read in my yin yoga classes. And, you know, this, this, this body is a guest house, a guest house. Like it's just a guest house for a temporary time. You're coming to visit. It's just a guest house. Every day, a new arrival, a meanness, a sadness, an unexpected visitor, you know, and, and, and Rumi goes on to say, you know, basically like open the door, let them in. They may clean you out of all your furniture. It's okay. It's okay. You don't know who will come tomorrow. You don't know who will come, but it may completely clear you out, but it's okay because it's been sent as a message as beyond to be open, to create space. That's what emotion does. And you'd used the word before, um, people need to practice creating this space and having this space. What, like, you know, I came from the, yeah, I came from the sports world. I know what, I know what baseball practice work looks like. I know what hockey practice is. I know what track practice is, but what's, what is practice for? Such a great doorway right there, Andrew, because, um, as an athlete, you don't just go to the, to the, you know, the provincials or the nationals without practice. I mean, I don't care how good of an athlete you are. If you haven't practiced, if there hasn't been a discipline of showing up every day and refining those skills, you're going to, you're not going to be your best. You're not going to reach your potential. And if you're on a team, if if it's not just an individual, right? If you're on a team, you're going to let the team down because you didn't practice. And this is so true in our life. And, and I can relate the same thing with music because Nova Scotia, my gosh, we have so much music in our heart and you can just the overwhelming abundance of music that's coming out of people like an open heart allows the best of us to come through actually. So, you know, if we don't practice our scales in music, it won't be a refined song that comes through. It's going to have, you know, so how do we practice as the way of human beings? And when we're working with, with the difficulties in our lives right now, it's setting up something that's a ritual for you. Now that is about being still. It's about listening inside. It's not about distracting yourself. So I start with a simple technique of just breathing. The best way to start is pay attention to your breath. Okay. So what does, what, what's a practice like that? So let's do look one. Like? Okay. Let's do one because sure. it's really simple. And I would say it's the only thing the airline doesn't charge you for yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's really simple and it, it travels lightly and you don't have to pack it. It comes with you and it's free. So our breath is, is confirmation of how much we're loved. You know that it's like, and, and how many of us, 
don't even know about our breath. We don't even think about right. it. It just happens naturally. Yep. Again, we take it for granted yep. until we get a cold Until- and then we can't breathe. Yep. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, if you're willing and those of you sure. listening out there, you know, just sit back in your chair and, and get comfortable. Maybe put your feet on the floor, just feeling the support underneath you. Let your shoulders just relax. <sighs> and just take a nice deep breath in and let it out. And it does help if you can close your eyes to to go inside. And whether you are audible, like you listening to your breath or feeling your breath move, some of you might see your breath. And just even say hello to your breath, like, oh, there you are. And as your body starts to relax, Notice how your breath changes. Sometimes just being aware of your breathing, it might automatically start to slow down. It might start to deepen. And let your belly relax and let your chest relax. And just notice How far can you bring the breath into your body? How deep of a breath or expansive of a breath can you breathe? And this isn't about judging it. Allow yourself to be curious. And then let's take a situation in your life right now that might be challenging, an obstacle, difficulty. And put your awareness as if you were trying to work through this difficulty or challenge it. You see it, feel it. And then notice as you're focusing on the challenge or the difficulty, what just happened to your breathing. So get a good awareness of that. Now just take a deep breath in, let it out. Exhale it all out. And now focus on something that's beautiful to you. It might be a sunrise, a sunset, flower, piece of music, a hobby, something you love, a person. And noticing how what you love, what you find beautiful, you, know, you, you feel safe there, a place where you feel really safe, relaxed. And as you put yourself in that place, notice what happens to your breathing. Notice the speed of the breath the depth, the expansiveness. And just being aware of the awareness. Is it different? 
than when you're focusing on the challenge and the difficulty versus what you love and what you find beautiful when you feel safe. Do you notice a difference in your breathing? And then slowly bringing yourself back into this time, into this place. And what did you notice, Andrew? Oh, yeah. It, it, it's very obvious. When, well, for me, anyways, once you, you say you think about something that's causing you stress or pain or worry, the breath gets very shallow, very quick. You tighten up, you tense up, and you, when you go back to the place that's, you know, like I said, something beautiful, something, uh, yeah, that brings you joy or brings you happiness, you just start to relax again. And it's very... Yeah, it, 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 it's obvious. It was obvious to me in this case, like just very quickly, just that thought switched the breathing. Automatically. It's like, so why would this be important? And what do you think the, the lesson or the practice would be of this? Out of curiosity. So I think for me, I think there's a couple of things. One is being aware of that, the feelings of tension. Like if you find yourself starting to tense up, you can stop, maybe be able to pause and think, okay, what's causing me to do this? Yeah. Um, What am I thinking about mm -hmm. that's causing a fight, flight, or freeze mechanism within me? Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what happens. It it hijacks our brain. Yeah. Uh And I, I think the other, I guess I'll, I'll ask you the question. I think this is the case that you're, your breathing can actually operate, have the same effect. So if you're feeling tense and feeling anxious and you find your breath really shallow and quick, if you can slow your breath down, it can almost help release a lot of that tension that you were feeling as well. Exactly. Do you know, it's funny that because as the practice I'm going to bring through to this, you had mentioned about the sponsorship, about really recognizing all of our workers. And we often have a little disclaimer saying, you know, do not operate heavy upper, heavy equipment when you're tired or when you do like, because, why is that? So is that if we're not connected to our breathing, our brain actually fragments. This is really key. Because we tend, to, we tend to be very much focused in our society about head smarts of like, oh, where did you go to school? What do you do for a living? Here it's the doer, right? And in Egyptian times, when someone would pass away, they actually embalmed everything, saved everything, except for they tossed out the brain. They said, ah, we don't, we don't need that next time. <laughs> that is like, you get an upgraded version next time. It's like, So why do we put so much emphasis on the thinking, figuring it out process when all it's such an old operating system? And this is the metaphor of our lives right now. The old operating system is malfunctioning. It does not work. So we need to toss that out in our, in our own consciousness. We need to toss that out and go, okay, what would be the new operating system that I need to install? Well, the only way you're going to do that is to actually connect in and breathe. So this is why I say the practices. So when you're thinking something positive in your safe place, you slow down, you deepen your breath, you actually feed your soul with that 
with that rhythm, with that nourishment, with that balance. And that actually harmonizes all of your organs. When it's just the same idea, if I clenched my fist really tightly, I'm not going to get, it's going to turn white knuckles, right? I'm not going to have blood flow in there. Same is true when you're breathing shallow, you're not going to have blood and circulation and all these things moving through your body. Well, of course, we're going to go into fight or flight then. Of course, we're going to react, but not from our deep self, not from our heart and our soul. When we come from a place of love and connectedness, which is what happened when I said, think of something beautiful that you love. And I mean, we all have something different. That, that is our, our doorway, right? But when we connect into that and we go, this really ma- this is my value. This is my value. Beauty or truth or, or love or kindness. These are my values. Oh, I want to come closer to those. And as you, as you connect in and you breathe into those, you are reinstalling a new operating system, which is going to allow you to think, hear, speak, and respond. It's a completely different thing. You slow down. By the way, you also slow time down when you breathe deeper. So for those of you who go, oh, I'm getting old and my back is hurting. That must be because I'm getting old. I say, that's an old story. That's an old operating system. You need to like let that go. It's like you actually slow time down and you connect with your eternal self. Yeah. And I, I thank you for doing the breathing exercise right now. And I hope everybody listening uh, did it. And I the good thing about podcasts is if you didn't just rewind it a little bit, go back, you'll be able to do it again. Um, so, so this is a practice that I would suggest uh, mm-hmm. like just put a little timer on 10 minutes, okay. three times a day and just sit down and build a relationship with your breath. The more you pay attention to something, the more you actually have a relationship with it. It's like if you ignored your daughter or your wife or, you know, someone who you love, if you just neglected them more time, your relationship becomes strained. It becomes, it becomes disconnected. It's what connects us is, is our attention, is our focus, is our love. So we start first with ourselves, with our breath and connecting in with that. So yeah, that's what I would say. If you could just do one thing, you remember one thing from this whole podcast, breathe, breathe. Perfect. And then beyond that, if, because I know your um, your facilities are, are closed right now, like nobody right. can come in. Uh, if somebody is looking to participate in more programs or do different things, how that you're offering, or anybody from yeah. the facilities, how can people get involved, or how can people learn more about them? They can reach me at gatewaydevelopment.ca. That's our website. And we are doing some virtual offerings right now too. I also do life coaching and I can do some of these practices with, with you. If you're working through something of uncertainty, uh, loneliness, fear, stress, you've, you don't know what the question is, but you're just not feeling like you're your best self. Uh, I love that. I love working with people who are really willing to, to find a practice or find a way into their heart. Absolutely. And so I, I do take clients um, and work with them as well. As well, uh, we are as a team, uh, there's a, a few of us on our team, uh, nutritionists, a couple of massage therapists, another counselor. We're putting together some things on our website, which are also on Facebook. So you can find us at, uh, at Gateway Wellness, uh, Pain to Passion and Purpose. It's actually our Facebook site. And you can join us and we're going to be offering some self-care tips, some stretches for, for neck pain, low back pain, some mindfulness practices. I'm going to do some meditations on there. There's uh, questions for thoughts and pauses. And 
So there's some great things in that too. So I'll put a link to both your website and Facebook page in our show notes and on our site so people can uh, contact you and Absolutely. reach out. And, and I also, if there are any organizations out there, uh, I am speaking at the Rotary. I'm also working with a couple of banks that I'm virtually teleporting myself into their their meeting rooms virtual and doing some self-care tips for teams and helping them reset and reconnect so that they create a new operating system moving forward too. So there's lots of offerings. That's perfect. So that's gatewaydevelopments.ca. Yeah. Gateway development. No S. Development. No S.ca. .ca. Or you can, or my personal one too is stephaniejallen.com. Perfect. I'll put links to both of those. Thank you very much, Stephanie. I appreciate Thank the conversation. So much, I think it was a definitely a timely one. Thank you. Thank you to Stephanie for coming on and being our guest today. Uh, I can tell you I really enjoyed and needed the breathing exercise in the middle of this episode. It kind of surprised me. I hope you participated. And if not, please, um, please go back and try it again. See if it helps you. Uh, so this week... We have another episode of the Gratitude Project coming on Thursday. So please go to tgapod.com slash thanks to submit your stories of thanks, appreciation, and gratitude. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you again on Thursday.